How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Redskins. I'm your host, as always, Zach Hicks. And today we have a fun show. It's kind of a unique show, actually, that we have never really done on Locked On Redskins before. So we're going to try it out, see how this goes. We're going to break down the history of the Saints and Redskins matchup. Now, this matchup has actually been really fun the last couple years, especially as a Redskins fan, because two of the games we're going to talk about here, the Redskins came away, came away with victories. This matchup has actually been pretty fun over the last couple years. So I just kind of want to go back on the history of this matchup for the last like 10 years. So like over that time span, there's three games in particular that I want to talk about here. The first one being the 2009 game between the undefeated New Orleans Saints and the Redskins, who ended up, who ended up going 4-12 and that year, by the way. Also, I want to go over the 2012 Redskins game with RG3's rookie debut and the 2015 Redskins game where the Redskins murdered the Saints. So we were going to break down those games, why they were exciting, why they were fun to watch, and kind of why we should be excited for this game this week because we expect fun, big games against the Saints because that's how it's been the last 10 years. So to kind of start it off, let's go back in time to 2009 when the Saints and Redskins met late in the year. Now, just to kind of preface how this game went, the Saints were twelve and or were eleven and zero going into this game. They were coming off their high of killing everybody throughout the year, right? The Saints eventually would go on to win the Super Bowl and finish the regular season with a thirteen and three record. Now, at this point, they were eleven and zero and by far the best team in the NFL. The Redskins, on the other hand, were three and eight, and things were not looking good. Jason Campbell was the quarterback. If you guys remember old Jason Campbell here in, in Washington. Jim Zorn, the greatest head coach in the history of the Redskins. Greatest head coach ever, ever hired. I mean, I love when, what was he, a quarterback coach that got hired to be our head coach? Perfect hire. Anyway, Jim Zorn was the head coach of the Redskins that year, and things were looking terrible. 3-8, and eight, the Redskins would eventually go 4-12. and 12. So in a Week 12 matchup, or Week 13 matchup, I guess, because both teams would have had their bye. Week 13 matchup, the Saints came to Washington with an undefeated record. The Redskins took an early 10-0 lead in the first quarter. And that's how the first quarter ended, actually. The Redskins were up 10-0 over the eventual Super Bowl champs. Then the Saints roared back. They came back. They, their high-powered offense eventually started scoring on the Skins. And it was tied at 17 at halftime. Now, the third quarter is where things started getting a little crazy. The Redskins took a 27-20 lead going into the fourth off of Jason Campbell touchdown pass to Devin Thomas late in the quarter. So 27-20, the Skins were up going into the fourth quarter against the eventual Super Bowl champs. A Sean Sweesham field goal put the Skins up 30-20 to early in the fourth quarter, and it looked like the Skins were going to coast their way to an easy victory. Then with seven minutes left, the Saints kicked a field goal to bring it down to a seven-point deficit for them. So the Redskins were up 30-23 to with about a minute 50 left when the Saints took over the ball in the fourth quarter. Now what happened after that will always haunt Redskins fans. I know it haunted me when I was a kid. And let me also say... There's, there's another thing that was not in the box score, you'll never see it, but it's probably the most horrifying thing that I remember from this game. When the Redskins were up 30-23, to 23, they, did, they did get the ball back. And Sean Sweesham, you know, obviously the greatest kicker of all time, the greatest kicker the Redskins have ever had, missed a 22-yard field goal that would have put the Redskins up by 10 with about two minutes left, which would have easily won the game for the Skins. But, but they still had a seven-point lead going into that last drive. So the Redskins were up 30-23, to 23 with about two minutes left for the Saints to drive from, I think, the Red, their own like 5- or 10-yard line. Now, let me remind you guys, the Saints had the best offense in all of football. So it was no easy task for the Redskins to stop them, especially when they're a 3-8 and eight team. They're not going anywhere with this roster. They're not going anywhere with this team. It's easy to give up on this. Drew Brees and the Saints started marching down the field. They actually were getting a decent drive going. 
Then, with a minute 27 left, Brees threw a costly interception over the middle of the field, which was a diving pick made by the late, great Chris Chris Horton. I'm not saying late, great because he's dead, but late, great because, you know, Redskins fans, we all remember Chris Horton. He was, he was around for a long time, so Chris Horton diving interception late in that game with a minute 27 left, which should have probably sealed the game for the Skins. I think that would have ended the game right then and there. Horton made a great play, game over. But then Horton did something stupid. He got up and he started returning that pick. And he started running it back, ran right down the left sideline, nobody in front of him, probably could have scored, honestly. He had blockers in front, everything. And then Devery Henderson, no, wait, 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 my fault, Robert Meacham, Robert Meacham comes from behind, strips the ball from him, picks up the fumble, and runs 53 yards for the game-tying touchdown with a minute 20 left. That's how that game got tied up in the last minute. Because our, our safety, who got the pick, started returning the ball and got stripped from behind and fumbled, and they ran it back 53 yards for a touchdown. The Saints would later go on to win that game in overtime with a Garrett Hartley field goal. Uh, I think it was like a 22-yard field goal to win that game. So the Redskins had the eventual Super Bowl champs on the ropes late in the ball game, and they lost because their safety, who intercepted the ball to win the game, fumbled. That's kind of what it sums up to be a Redskins fan. So I always remember that game, and the reason why I'm bringing this game up because it was an exciting game. If you guys remember, uh, Jason Campbell finished, game, finished that game with 367 yards passing, four touchdowns and one pick. So great game from Campbell. And Devin Thomas himself, you guys all remember Devin Thomas, second-round pick for the Skins, taken ahead of Jordy Nelson, had seven catches for 100 yards and two touchdowns. So great game again from, from those two guys. The Skins had the eventual Super Bowl champs on the ropes late in the game. They lost because of a fumble in that game. I always remember it because... The Skins had them beat. It was a really exciting game to watch. I thought the Skins were going to beat this undefeated team and just costly mistakes late in the game. You know, missing a 22-yard field goal, fumbling an interception that should have won the game. And it just kind of sums up life as a Redskins fan throughout the 2000s besides, you know, Gibbs 2.0. It really sums up, you know, growing up as a Redskins fan. So that's why that game always sticks out to me. And it's just another example of an exciting game against, you know, the New Orleans Saints because, again, who expected the 3-8 Redskins at the time to compete with the 11-0 Saints? I mean, the Saints were Super Bowl bound. They, they just got a Hurricane Katrina. I mean, they were, they were Super Bowl bound, and they were doing excellent that year. They were the best team in football by far. And, you know, when they beat the Colts in the Super Bowl, nobody was really shocked. When they beat Brett Favre in the NFC Championship game, nobody was shocked. But this, kind, this game kind of proves that no matter where one team is, where the other team is at, whatever, it's going to be a fun, competitive game when the Skins play the Saints. Now, before we jump into RG3's rookie year and the fun of that matchup, because I love that matchup, I'm going to have a blast going into that one. I just want to remind you guys that we do have John Sigler of SB Nation coming on Thursday's podcast. Tomorrow's podcast will be the mailbag episode. I love the mailbag. You guys send in all your questions. You can either send them to me at Facebook, Zach Hicks, or on Twitter at Zach Hicks 2 or to my email, HicksZach at Yahoo.com. So send me any of those questions that you have. I will answer any and all questions on the pod tomorrow. And then Friday, we're going to have our newest segment where I break down an offensive player and a defensive player and how they're performing throughout the year. I will go back, review all their film, give a full-blown scouting report on two players, and I will do that all on Friday. So be sure to tune in to Locked on Redskins later this week for all that great content. Now to jump into my favorite Saints and Redskins game, well, second favorite because I love the 2015 one just because it was so fun to watch. But to jump into the Redskins and Saints matchup from 2012. RG3's first game ever as an NFL pro and the birth of two short-lived yet super fun superstars in Washington with Alfred Morris and Robert Griffin III. It was a blast to watch that game. Now, to kind of 
preface this entire game. I mean, the Redskins came into this year with so many question marks. They had a spread offense quarterback from Baylor as their new quarterback. They traded three first-round picks for him. Three first-round picks. And it was just, it was a questionable thing. You know, it was, we didn't know if it was going to work out. I mean, obviously, looking back now, it didn't work out. But at that time, there was a lot of question marks going around the Redskins going into that year. And most of them were around, you know, can RG3 be the franchise guy? So this first game was a huge test for him against a proven winner in Drew Brees, a proven winning head coach in Sean Payton, and a proven great organization in the Saints. So it was an ultimate test for a rookie, especially a rookie that we paid so much draft capital for. And he came out firing 88-yard touchdown pass in the first quarter to Pierre Garçon, our newest signed player in the offseason. Huge statement, and I can't remember, you know, it's one of those plays as a Redskins fan, as a new age Redskins fan, as not really like a fan, you know, if you guys grew up in like the 80s and 90s, you're never going to remember this play. But as a new age Redskins fan, it's one of those like top three plays that I've ever, I've ever witnessed. In that moment, there was so much hope. It was so much belief that the Redskins have finally turned a corner, that we might win. We have someone who we can win with. And I know all that is dead now. It's all gone. <laughs> it got all ruined after that. But in that moment, when... Garcon's running down the sidelines and Griffin's sitting on his butt after he got crushed on that play, putting his hands up in the touchdown pose. I mean, it was, oh my God. I, I wish I could explain it better than this and put more beautiful detail with a beautiful voice like Michael J. Kiss does over on Lockdown Eagles. But man, I mean, I can't even explain the feeling that that provided Redskins fans, especially new guys like me, because it was just, I mean, it was just something to behold. It was beautiful. And it just it just showed the turning of a team. Even though the Redskins ended up, you know, not carrying that success forward into the future too long with especially with Griffin. I, I just still I can't explain how beautiful that play was. So overall, man, I mean that was that was outstanding. And then the, overall the game itself, the Redskins just dominated. They they had the game in hand late in the game. They're up by ten really late and I think they ended up winning forty to thirty two over the Saints and the Saints I think they scored eight points late in the fourth quarter to kind of make it more respectable. So the Redskins dominated the game all the way through. Robert Griffin posted a really impressive rookie stat line for his first ever game. 19 of 26 completions for 320 yards, two touchdowns, along with nine rushing attempts for 42 yards. Alfred Morris, a six-round pick out of Florida Atlantic, who we all remember and love now, who is a Dallas Cowboy, had 28 rushing attempts for 96 yards and two touchdowns. So like I said, that game was basically the birth of two short-lived superstars in D.C. And I loved it. It was such a fun game to watch. You know, like looking back now that I'm kind of over RG3 and over all that drama and, and over, you know, the failure of that tenure here in Washington, just looking back on that good moment. It's like, it's like when you have a breakup with a girl that you really like, you know. I know all you guys listening have had this happen. It's like when you have a breakup. And, you know, it hurts at first and you can't really look back on anything. There's shows that you still hate. There's there's music that you can't listen to. But once you kind of have gotten over that breakup, you can look back on the fun times of that relationship. And this was definitely one of the top five fun things of that relationship. RG3, you know, I rank this right up, that throw to Garcon, I rank it right up there with that running, with that like 80-yard run he had against Minnesota that year. It was so, in, it was so fun to watch and just so much hope in one throw. And I, I drank the Kool-Aid on him that year. I really did. And I really thought he was going to be something. It's a shame how it turned out, but at least we had that game. Other note, other news and notes from that game, D'Angelo Hall actually had a sack. Ryan Kerrigan had a sack. And perhaps the greatest safety to ever put on a Redskins uniform, Reed Doughty, 
the only jersey I own in my collection of jerseys, in my collection of my closet here of all my Redskins gear. The only Redskins jersey I own, Reed Doughty, did have an interception that game. So again, overall, Redskins had a great game in 2012 against a perennial Hall of Fame quarterback in Drew Brees. And through, throughout that whole game, they basically dominated with a rookie quarterback, rookie running back, and a lot of question marks. So great game to watch. It was definitely one of the best games I've ever seen the Redskins play in my lifetime. And it was just, I mean, the air... The feeling of that game, man, just was so different than any other game ever. And it was so much hope, so much fun. And I really wish I could go back and, and relive the beginning of that game to that Garcon catch. Because, again, it was just like everybody in the room just exploded when Garcon caught that. And we felt it was like a new feeling in the Redskins fandom. And I really wish I can go back and, and see that again. But, sadly, that, that relationship ended. But it was it was just magical when it happened. So that's enough gushing I have over over the beginning of RG3. I'm not a big RG3 fan anymore, so I will never gush over him again. But that throw and that catch, that game was remarkable. All right, guys, before we jump into our last game that we are going to go into here, the 20, I think it was 2015. I might be saying the wrong date throughout all, all this, but the 2015 Redskins matchup against the Saints where we dismantled their entire team. I just want to remind you guys to rate and subscribe on iTunes. It is really easy, really quick. Tell me my voice is beautiful. Tell me my voice sucks. I don't care. I read all your reviews, so be at least a little bit nice. But I love hearing your guys' comments, your guys' reviews. I, I really appreciate all of it. So remember, rate, review, and subscribe to Locked on Redskins on iTunes. All right, to get into our last Saints and Redskins matchup. I know you guys are getting excited listening to these because, again, when the Redskins play the Saints, fun things happen. You know, the Redskins might lose. They might win. But it's going to be a fun game and a very entertaining game at that. And this last one we go over was just as much. And, you know, it wasn't a close game at all. It was not competitive whatsoever. The Redskins and Saints were at two different points in the season. The Redskins were starting to get rolling on the way to their playoff run. The Saints were in a downhill spiral at this point. So it was definitely two teams at different points in their season. But, man, the Redskins just dominated this game. And, you know, I said they dominated the last time they played with RG3. But this one was completely different. The Redskins murdered the Saints. And the reason why this game stands out, the 2015 matchup between the Redskins and Saints, is because I have not seen the Redskins dominate a team at this level before. Final score was 47-14. to The game was never in any doubt. And the Redskins just murdered them. I mean, it wasn't even close. And it was so fun to watch. I mean, I had a blast watching this game. I don't think a smile left my face, my face the entire game. So the reason why I bring this one up is because I think it was Kirk Cousins' best, best game as a pro. He completed 20 of 25 passes for 324 yards and four touchdowns. I think it was Alfred Morris' last great game with the Redskins. He had 15 carries for 92 yards. And then Matt Jones, a ghost from our past right there, Matt Jones, 11 carries for 56 yards and three catches for 131 yards in the touchdown, including a 78-yard catch. So overall, I mean, again, the Redskins murdered them. Jordan Reed also had three catches for 29 yards and two and two touchdowns. Just throughout, I mean, the Redskins were were dominating them. They had Drew Brees through two picks. Uh, you know, nobody on their team really did much of anything, and they had no answer for this Redskins team. And I I I kind of point this game out always because the Redskins, like I said, they were not having a great year up to this point. They were a good team, but weren't you know they weren't the playoff team that would they would eventually become. And this was the game where the Redskins kind of took that turn. I know the Buccaneers game later in the season where the Redskins came back down 24-0 at halftime and won that game was also a huge comeback in, in their season. But just dismantling the whole entire Saints roster in this game, 47-14, to where they made Matt Jones look like a superstar. Kirk Cousins looked like the best quarterback in football for a couple hours on a Sunday. 
and it was just fun to watch. I mean, I've never, again, I've never seen the Redskins dominate a team at this level, and this is why, this is kind of the reason why I value Saints and Redskins games so much, and not why I'm so excited for this Sunday game, even though the Saints are a stellar team right now, and the Redskins are an injury beat up good team right now, is just because it's always a fun matchup. The Saints, in the, I mean, in this game, the Redskins, again, were not a great team. They were going to be a playoff team, but they just came out, punched Saints in the throat, and I've never seen the Redskins dominate a team. It's been, like, they are memorable games. The reason why the Saints and Redskins are so fun. They're so memorable games, especially as a short-term, you know, as a millennial Redskins fan. You know, the first game, you have just an epic meltdown against an undefeated team that would go to the Super Bowl. I always remember that game because Sean Sweeshan sucks and Chris Horton somehow fumbled that ball. I always remember it. The, the plays are stuck in my head forever. And then the RG3, I, I mean, I just gushed over that one for, for 10 minutes, it felt like. where I mean, that RG3 throw was so memorable as a Redskins fan. And I'll always remember that. And I'll remember the, the, the feel of, you know, even my house where my family and everyone was like, holy crap, you might have something here. And then this 2015 one where... I've never seen the Skins kill a team like this. You know, in my in my time as a Redskins fan, I've never seen it happen. So those three games stand out to me so much over most games I've seen in my lifetime as a Redskins fan. Maybe Buccaneers games will probably go up there. I could, you know, if we if we played the Bucks this year, I could definitely go into some some fun games against the Bucks. But I mean, again, they were just the memorable games, memorable moment, moments against a good team and a Hall of Fame quarterback at that with all of them. And that's kind of why I wanted to share the history of this matchup and kind of get you guys excited for these game, this game this week. Because even though the Saints, again, are a stud team this year and the Redskins are kind of really inconsistent, I do expect a very fun and competitive game between two good NFL teams. So that's all I got for today, guys. I'm not going to keep you much longer. That's just the history of the last, like, last 10 years of this matchup to get you guys excited. But do remember, again, tomorrow we are doing the mailbag, so please send in your questions. John Sigler of SB Nation, who writes about the Saints, great Saints guy. I mean, he's going to be a blast. He's coming on Thursday night. And then Friday, I'll be breaking down one offensive player and one defensive player. It's looking like the polls that I put up are going to be Monte Nicholson I break down for defense, which I am super giddy about, by the way. So Monte Nicholson for defense and Brandon Sheriff for offense. So it'll be fun breaking those guys down on Friday. So be sure to tune in to those podcasts, and I will catch you guys tomorrow. Mike Rowe here with a radical idea. If you want to see more companies make more things in this country, buy more things from more companies who make things in this country. I refer in this case to the incredible T-shirts, sweatshirts, blue jeans, and more made by my friends at American Giant. Everything American Giant makes is made in the United States. And right now, you can take 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com slash Mike. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike.